the thing is, I, I really focus on helping people get to the root cause of their pain. Okay. And oftentimes people think about physiotherapy or a Cairo massage. We kind of have this magical idea that I'm going to go, I'm going to lay on a table and the therapist is there to fix me. You know, people yep. come in and I'm like, you know, if I've got a magic wand, what, what do you want? And like, yep. you know, they're like, fix me. And like, I'm not a fixer. I'm not a fixer. I'm a guide. Welcome to the Audacious Living Podcast, hosted by my man, Audley Stevenson, the Odd Man. Uh, greetings, Audacious, is Audley Stevenson, and I'm here with you for another edition of the most audacious podcast the internet has to offer. This is the Audacious Living Podcast, and as always, I say thank you for being here as it continues to be my pleasure to help our listeners live their best audacious lives ever. This is episode 248 of the podcast. And um, again, I'm glad that you're here with me as we sit down on this particular episode with Gregory Stern. Uh, he's a passionate physiotherapist uh, and we and he, he works to uncover the crucial link uh, between our feet and our overall well-being. Uh, Gregory shares his insights on the impact of footwear, posture, and movement patterns on our body and discuss how addressing the root causes of our pain can lead to transformative results. Get ready to dive into a thought-provoking conversation about reclaiming control of our health and building a strong, connected body from the ground up. Enjoy. Hey, Greg, uh, thank you for taking the time and joining me here on the Audacious Podcast. Thank you. I appreciate you doing this, man. Thanks for having me. Very cool. Very cool. Well, you know, we we, we often talk, um, we spend a lot of time in this podcast talking about uh, different ways, uh, you know, individuals that can, you know, live their, their best audacious lives ever. And we uh, certainly spend a lot of time on the self-development and the, and the mental aspect and and the mindset and, and, and the focus, all those sorts of things. But there's also a physical component that is equally as important. Um, we may not, and sometimes we take it for granted, perhaps. But it is in terms of us being able to live happy, fulfilled lives. Um, our physical does matter, and uh, that's where you come in. You've got your own your your own practice and physiotherapy practice, um, and uh, you believe it starts with our feet, don't you? I do indeed. I know it's. I know it starts with our feet. It's as basic as thinking about a foundation of a building needs to be solid and oftentimes people neglect their feet or you know they think of their feet as a piece of meat that goes inside their shoe and they kind of forget about it for the rest of the day that is until you know we start having foot issues and it's unfortunately too common that a lot of people deal with foot issues right we could certainly dive into the reasons why that's the case but we could just think of it as like if our uh, the, the idea that a human has a foot pain is like a bird having a wing pain Okay. It's as as fundamental to our bodies that our feet are strong, mobile, supple. And, you know, as you said at the beginning, like take, we often take things for granted until we start to have injuries. And that's when we start to become more aware and conscious of our bodies. And the thing is, I, I really focus on helping people get to the root cause of their pain. Okay. And oftentimes people think about physiotherapy or a Cairo massage. We kind of have this magical idea that I'm going to go, I'm going to lay on a table and the therapist is there to fix me. You know, people yep. come in and I'm like, you know, if I've got a magic wand, what, what do you want? And like, yep. you know, they're like, fix me. And like, I'm not a fixer. I'm not a fixer. I'm a guide. 
And what I do is I help people understand that while it might feel good to have temporary relief by massaging and manipulating an area, the moment you stand up from the table, nothing really changes about your movement patterns that got you to trouble in the first place. So two, three days later, you know, the pain starts to come back again, and then you go back again. And they, unfortunately, the, the, the way that most of the industry goes is like hands-on, you know, maybe they'll use electrotherapy. And I don't know if you've ever done physiotherapy yourself, but oftentimes so much of it is it's table therapy. Okay. And then maybe you're getting an exercise, but the exercises don't look like the, they don't mimic the demands of real life. Right. And so people will go like, I've tried everything. And then they go to their doctor. And now we start looking into surgical options without realizing that like you haven't really scraped the surface in terms of quality physical therapy, which is meant to be physical. It is meant to empower you to take responsibility of your own health. And again, for me, that starts at the feet, but it's just about really teaching people how to move their bodies in right. new ways that gets everything working well together rather than these isolated, you know, banded exercises or just spending the whole right. time of that session lying on a table. Got you, got you. So, so let so and, and, and so I appreciate that 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 uh, uh, initial thoughts there and and sort of framing it for us. Um, uh, let's let's kind of talk about some of the root causes of, of why uh, the you know the, the, the experiences people are having why why they go through them. Yeah, for sure. So if we start talking about feet for a second, okay. What I would what I would think about. Um, let's think about our hands for a second. Okay. okay. Well, okay. our hands are very useful and they manipulate objects and they, you know, they allow us to communicate with the outside world. So now may take your hands mm -hmm. and put them inside of mittens. Okay. So imagine we put it, our hands in mittens all day. So okay. yeah. folks that, uh, don't have cold winters, like in Montreal and Toronto, yeah. where, where, where we're located. Now imagine you squish your fingers together all day long inside right. of mittens. Right. Well, now let's start looking at the shapes of our shoes. The mm. shape of our shoe does not mirror the shape of a natural foot. So the right. natural foot is widest at the tips of the toes. If you look yes. at like natural feet, you look at baby's feet, or you look at indigenous cultures that have never worn shoes, you have these super robust wide, wide feet. But now even in, I'm not, everyone can obviously understand like a woman's high heel shoe. That's a triangle. Very obvious that your toes get squished. But even an Asics, a New Balance, a Nikes, a Brooks, a whatever, every you name your fa your your favorite pair of shoes, Skechers, sure. and even I'm talking the wide versions because most shoes are widest at the ball of the foot and they still taper in. Yes. And so now we are taking a wide foot and start, all of a sudden we're squishing together those toes where they should be wide and we're pushing them together. And so now when we talk, talk about bunions or motors and aromas and all these conditions that people have, oh, my mom just had it. So it must be genetic. Mm. Well, the only thing genetic about bunions are the shoes that got your mom and you right, in trouble right. in the first place. Right. That's the first element is an, an easy acronym to remember all this. You'll, you'll like this is WTF. What the foot? Yeah, <laughs> the W is widest at the tips of the toes. That's what we need out of shoes, but yeah. most shoes are tapered. So yeah. again, this idea that like you're, you're, that's a huge thing. Then we have this idea of T stands for thin. And we'll, we'll kind of get into the details about this, but the idea is that our feet and our eyes are both sensors, right? Okay. So our, our eyes, when we want to go outside and protect our eyes from too much sunlight or whatever, we don't wear a blindfold, we wear sunglasses. Right. That's right. But let's think about a Hoka for a second or, a, you know, the Adidas Boost or Nike Air Max 
where we have like a big, a huge slab of cushioning between us and the ground. Yes. Now in the infomercials, they'll say, well, it feels like I'm walking on a cloud, right? Like that's, and it's sold as a good thing. However, we are blindfolding our feet from feeling. Okay. Our hands, if we wore big gloves on our hands all day, we wouldn't be able to like detect the fine tuning textures of things. Our feet are the same thing. Shoes were only meant to be protection from the elements, but not imposing on our feet. So the idea that you no longer could feel the ground, well, think about balance for a second. The older we get, we often put people into like, well, we'll call them grandpa shoes, right? Think about those like, you know, those thick Nike shoes or whatever they be. But all we're doing is we're taking ourselves further away from the ground and actually destabilizes us. So even though we're told that's good, the cushioning, it's actually doing a disservice to us. So that's W, that's T. Now the F stands for flat and flexible. Okay. Obviously, three-inch heels, right? What do they do that to a woman's body or a man if they decide to wear high heels, right? We have this idea that we're going to go ahead and we're going to pop features out, right? So why does a woman, right? It makes them have longer legs. It will make their booty look bigger, all that stuff, right? right. So what is that doing? It's obviously exaggerating the curves of the spine but it's obviously like too much because you know it's essentially throwing your body forward and now you have to like exaggerate your body not to fall over that's essentially what happens mm. now even an a6 has a half an inch heel okay right? so if you look at most running shoes they yeah. are not flat from heel to toe but when we are born our heel or toe are flat Right. But all of a sudden, what we're doing is we're taking people and we're pushing their center mass forward and the body has to now compensate. So back pain, knee pain, that like we're just out of alignment, out of vertical alignment. And then the last thing is flexibility. We have 26 bones in our in our feet, okay. 33 joints. That are, a quarter of the bones in our entire body are located in your ankle and below. Wow. Okay. And now... Think about it this way. So if you, I don't know if you've ever broken an arm, but we can just imagine this idea of a cast. If your arm doesn't move after six weeks in a cast, Mm -hmm. is your arm stiffer or is it loosey-goosey? It's stiff. It's stiff. And also you look at the muscles of, you know, after you've been in a cast, you you atrophy, you have no muscles. So now we think about our feet, which is the pillar of our body. And we're taking a a foot that has supposed to have a lot of movements and we put arch support, rigidity, motion control, all these things that are told are as good and we're stiffening the foot and not allowing it to move. So this is going to go against what most people think about good shoes. I have a good shoe. I have an Asics. That's what they're thinking, right? I have a good shoe. I have a Brooks. But if we look at how a foot is supposed to move, a foot is supposed to flatten during the walking cycle. Okay. But most people think that a foot is supposed to like we we hear the word flat and we hear the word foot and we're mm-hmm. like nope that, that's a bad thing but during the normal walking cycle the foot flattens it absorbs impact it, it it's the idea of yielding to the ground and then it rearches so it's like we have a, a stiff foot and then a, and then a loose foot and that's what's right. supposed to take place right. but now we're taking this idea of orthotics arch supports so overall the unfortunate thing is that we have a shoe that assumes that our, our natural foot is flawed. And unless we're in this motion control, you know, fancy technology device, our, our feet are screwed. But in fact, what's happened, unfortunately, through this whole journey of Phil Knight popularizing the Nike shoe back yeah. in the 70s, and then yeah. that like 
basically becoming the standard across the world of what we think good feet uh, shoes are. Right. We've now created this idea that our you know high tech shoes equals mm-hmm. low tech feet. Low tech shoes equals high tech feet. So essentially, like you know, I have a shoe here, and I don't know if we're on uh, visuals as yeah. well. But yeah. Completely flexible, nice yes. and wide. Yes. It yes. can move. Yes. And there are transition shoes in between that that allow people to go here because when you've been so accustomed to the maximalist supportive footwear, like it, you can't just flop into this right away. Right. And there are things right. that I do with my clients and to people to kind of facilitate that transition. But it's certainly worth that transition because now your feet become connected. It's not just a piece of meat anymore, but rather this is your foundation. You appreciate your feet and the connection of how your foot connects to the rest of the body for a healthy, like for an overall healthy functioning body. So Greg, as 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 you're talking, it, it almost feels like you know shoes are a bad thing. <laughs> they are. They're not bad. They're protection. So this is why, like, it like look, it's not a bad thing while you're like roaming the streets of a city to have you know. But all a shoe should be is 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 protection. Right. But that's it. But not like, and sometimes, you know, like when it comes to certain like sports, sure, traction is good. Sure, but like, sure. when it comes to like, I'm going to go for a walk, I'm going to go to the gym, we should be training barefoot. We should be walking in shoes that let our feet function well, as opposed to thinking about like, oh, I need to buy myself the best running shoe or whatever. A, a shoe that lets your foot function and move is is the best shoe for you. Right, right. So, so why, why is there, how, how did we get it wrong then? Why, why have we overlooked the fact that our feet uh, aren't made the way our shoes are? And, and this is, I mean, everyone wears them, right? That's how we wear our shoes. And, yeah. you know, there, there aren't a whole lot of people walking barefoot all the time, right? There are some, but yeah. not a whole lot. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, I mean, like, look, it depends on what part of the world you are, like, right? Like in, sure. let's go to Africa, let's go to India. Like there, there's going to be lots and lots of places around the world where inherently like, you know, People in in more rural split places will be more barefoot, and that and they're they're connected. Um, but I, I mean, a big part of it is fashion. Like that that tapered toe box shoe is certainly fashion, right? There's these idea of Chinese binding principles, like way back when women wanted more slender feet, and so we would like they literally change their bone structure by like wrapping it up. So right. across time, we've done these weird things to our bodies. You know, uh, certain corsets is another example over the course of history like all right well our ribs are meant to expand in all directions but let's look skinny baby and like tighten in and so i can't breathe or you know move my body right Um, but you know a a big part of it was when phil knight popularized the nike shoe what happened was um, people were accustomed to the dress shoe that already had that the heel lift which again Mm -hmm. is not a good thing and so when they initially made them flat, people weren't accustomed to that. So they had to start um, adding that in. And once they added the heel lift in, well, now you can't rock properly. So then they started making the toe go up. And so now we had a, a heel that's up and a toe that's up. And now instead of a foot that's flat, we're having we're creating the rocker in the shoe instead of having the foot that does the rocker for you already, you know? Right. So. Um, and then, you know, obviously the bells and whistles sound tech, you know, like if I say motion control and gel shock technology and all the things that we hear, wow, like I can jack up the price more and it starts to become this thing that like just gets taken for granted. And I always talk yeah. about this idea of like normal versus natural. 
So it's normal for us to wear these shoes, normal to have foot pain, normal to have back pain, but is it natural for the thriving mm. human being? I don't think that, you know, caveman ancestors were like in constant pain, but they also had just a much more natural lifestyle than us. So right. um, that's kind of the, so, the so, so is barefoot the way to go then Greg? I certainly believe so. Like, I mean, barefoot or barefoot like shoes. So that when people look up like natural footwear and I have lots of examples that I talk about, you know, in uh, when I'm on my website, like of different brands that exist, but most people are not aware of these brands because unfortunately they're not, they're not available in the sports expert or the footlocker. Um, they're kind of on the fringe because they're just newer and, you know, it'd be weird if a shoe a company, uh, let's say a, a shoe store had like 95% of classic shoes and on the side that these other ones right and because it would contradict this idea that they're selling these you know you need these art support what's the best shoe for runner and then they have these other ones so you don't really see a lot of um running uh running store shoe stores ha have all these types of footwear and so you have to buy them online and whatnot and so there are some companies you know in, in ottawa right between the two of us like there's a company called the foot collective and they have a natural footwear store so only okay the, these types of shoes that like, and I sell them online, but there, you know, there's tons of new brands, you know, funny enough, they're called like Vivo Barefoot, Feel Grounds, Zero Shoes. Um, right. Yeah, with the idea that it's just like, yeah, we're, we're here to protect your foot, but to not impose on right. the foot. Right, right, right. And maybe we need to, maybe we need a society shift or a culture shift in terms of how we, you know, view our shoes and the footwear 100%. we put on, put on our feet. Yeah, yeah. Um. I'd love to talk about the, 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 and you said earlier, the fact that our feet are foundations of, you know, as a, as a base, as a starting point in laying foundation. Um, and, and, and I'd love to sort of talk about the, the, the hazards of, of pain in your feet and what that does to the rest of your body. Yeah. Well, certainly, um, we want to be able to load our feet well. And so oftentimes because of the nature of our shoes, and it's not just shoes, like it's certain postural patterns that lead us to not learning to load through the whole foot. So like normally what happens is you land on your heel, then the foot flattens out into that middle foot, and then you push off through the, the ball of foot into the toes. But if you're not able to pronate your foot, i.e. to flatten it properly, well, think about it this way. Instead of 26 bones yielding to the ground, well, what's upstream of the foot? And why do so many people have knee pain when they run? Well, the foot basically is now no longer able to yield. And we have this, you know, big uh, heel that's like a, a thick cushioning. And so we start to get knee pain as a result of the fact that we can't load to our foot. Um, right. Like I mentioned with this idea of like a heel lift also pushes our body forward. And so now we no longer... Um, our backs have to uh, compensate in some sort of way. So um, if our bodies don't feel centered and we can't access our feet well, well, then everything has to go awry and compensate in some sort of way. Right. And so, you know, oftentimes it's just a result. I mean, again, there's nuance to everything for sure. And like, I will look at a, a but yeah, like everyone that I'm doing, like, uh, who has back pain needs to learn how to stack their body. So what I mean by that um, is if everyone thinks about a runner for a second, who's lined up to run a race. Okay. So like, imagine I'm, I'm in a race. Would I start the race with my body leaning forward or right. would I do it with my body leaning backward? Right. Which right, one would right, you think? Right. 
uh, leaning forward, right? Leaning forward, naturally, yeah. right? Yeah. What happens to many people, I'll get them into like a stand, like a split stance, meaning let's say I put, I ask them to put one foot forward and the other foot back. Right. Okay. Make sure your back leg is light and you bend your right, your right leg. What happens is when most people bend their right leg, their ribs go backwards because okay. they don't know how to stack forwards. So basically they're existing in their back all day rather than learning how to load their leg. So what we, we need to learn how to do is get our center mass or think about just simply nose over toes so that I'm leaned and stacked mm. with my head over my heart, over my hips, rather than my head and my heart behind my pelvis. Right. So kind of this idea that like when we, we stand, we we're not edu what happens is we're living more in our heels and so we end up living in our backs and compressing our backs all day long. But by being in this stacked position, I now learn how to push my foot, which connects me into my calf, mm. my hamstring, my quad, my butt to work well together to support the back rather than my back doing all the work all the time, mm. which kind of lends me into, you know, this, this word posture. Yeah. Um, Cause one of the things that, we hear when we, we hear the word posture is like, what, when I say the word posture, what does that mean to you? Like if it, just your whole body, your, your body stance or positioning, right? Yeah. You, right. And that's exactly it. But when, when I now say the word good posture, what do you think about? Uh, standing up straight and mm -hmm. tall and mm -hmm. you know, head high. Yeah. Straight, yeah. yeah. Okay. And that's what we, you know, we've been told by our parents, our teachers, society, our grandparents, right? Yeah. Get up straight, stand up straight, don't yeah. slouch and keep your shoulders yeah. back. Okay. So what I'm going to invite you to do, I'm going to take take your hands and squeeze them together as hard as you can. Okay. Gotcha. So All right. Squeeze, squeeze, squeeze. Yeah. Now I'm going to ask you to do this for the next 12 hours. <laughs> okay. Now, what I want you to do is I want you to <laughs> I'm already done. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So relax, relax. <laughs> Thank you. So what I would like you to do now is put your hands in your lower back. Yeah, and go into soldier posture that you've been told is good your whole life. So really exaggerate and feel what's happening to your lower back. Yeah. Okay. You're going to feel those muscles kind of tense up. Sure. Right. Sure. Yeah. So now yeah. I'm going to, you know, try my whole day because I've been told by my mom and or my dad or whoever to always be in this nice upright posture. Right. But what am I doing to those muscles? I'm engaging them 24 hours a day. Mm. Okay. But let's go and teleport ourselves back in time to, you know, or we don't have to teleport ourselves back in time. We can just think about different cultures. Yeah. 10 years ago, I visited India and I saw 80 year olds who were able to do a deep squat, meaning like their heels were on the floor and their butt was basically touching yeah. the floor almost. Yeah. Wow. And you see that across many, many cultures. Yep. But in Canada, North America, Europe, most people at the age of 25 can't do that. Mm. Okay? It's not that Indian hips are different than, than Canadian hips. It's the fact that culturally... We sit in chairs all day with our hips and knees at the same height, and yes. we never get our knees above our hips, i.e. a deep squat position, mm. right? You see that in children. But the point to make about all this is that look at someone's spine when they're in a natural resting posture to be squatting all the way down. Right. Their spine is not straight. It's rounded. Okay. And that's what we've been doing for hundreds of thousands of years. We sat around a campfire. We sat on the floor, and we were in a deep squat with our spines relaxed and rounded. So right now, if you see me, I'm just chilled and I'm slouched a bit. That yeah. is not only okay, I I encourage people to slouch and relax their body. 
Now, when mm. people think about slouching, they just think about their head. And they're like, oh, this is bad for me to have my head right, forward. Right, right, right. I agree with that. But what I'm encouraging you to do is if you put your hands in your ribs, yeah. and you're going to take a very like long, slow exhale. Allow your body to just kind of relax and give yourself permission to let right. your back kind of spring down. And now when you sit, you're kind of finding the back of your butt and you're letting yourself be in this position. So when it comes down to the way that people are holding their body, yeah. people are holding their body in tension mode 24-7 because they've been ingrained to believe that their backs need to be straight all the time. Right, right. But it goes, it's incongruent to the natural squat pattern. So mm. why can't a 25-year-old squat in Montreal or can in, in Canada, but someone who's 80 years old in Thailand, no problem. No problem because sure. they've been exhibiting this shape their whole life of not having this cultural good posture type of thing. And just, yes. I'm going to squat down and this is how I'm going to go to the washroom. This is right. how I'm going to just cut the fields or whatever it is I'm doing. Right. And so when I show people how to lift up from the floor again, back straight or not, let me go slouchy, stack my body. Like I mentioned. So the idea of getting my center of mass forward, getting my leg working and now picking up, like when I stand up from the floor, I'm going to, coach someone not to let their nipples pop up to the sky. I'm going to say, okay, keep your back relaxed and push through the floor. And all of a sudden I see people's legs start to vibrate in my clinic right? because their legs haven't worked like this yes. without their back for the first time in their life. Mm -hmm. And their legs go crazy. But all of a sudden, Whoa, I didn't feel my back. Oh, right. Let's now re-ingrain this into their bodies. And I can quickly get rid of someone's back pain, not by rubbing it out by, by, transferring load from back to legs so that the back is supported by the body rather than you know i'm gonna like oftentimes people like deadlift in the gym and what happens is their knees go back and then they yes. finish with their lower back but we need to keep our knees forward when we pick things up so that our legs are doing the job and our back actually stays much more relaxed right it's it's, it's fascinating because as i'm listening to you and we're talking here it really just says to me that you know so much of our issues is what we've been told by society in terms of how we should be, or how we should stand or should walk or should operate. And it, it just, it's, it's, it seems all wrong. Like every, and it's kind of mind blowing for me. Cause I mean, that's all it, we, we take a second nature, right? Yes, we don't yes. think of it. We go, this yeah, is just what it is, it. but yeah. there's some real harm we're doing to ourselves. And I don't think we're realizing that. hundred percent. It's probably, you know, I'm, I'm not familiar with necessarily all the concepts you talk on this podcast, but I just think in general, there's like this certain notion about, what's considered good and bad. And even those words, good and bad is like, yeah. like, look, I hurt myself. Like the way I got into all this was a horrible ankle injury, or I should say a, a, an ankle injury that never healed itself. And I can okay. dive into all that. But at the time for many years, I suffered with chronic pain and now I go on hikes barefoot. I slack line and I have no more pain in my body, but at the time, I could view all that injury as the worst thing. I was depressed. It was horrible, right? right? But it was the best gift for me because now I own a clinic called From the Ground Up. I'm all about, you know, this holistic approach to health that involves you like learning to, you know, forget the assumptions you've been told. Because the reason why I had to question all the assumptions of posture and whatnot and, and seek out the right mentors is because I was trying what they were telling me, they, you know, whatever it means, society, I was going to physios, I was being told I need my orthopedic shoes, I need my orthotics and whatnot. 
but my pain wasn't going away. And it was only until I started questioning these, these assumptions and I started going to these much more natural footwear and started to learn how to load my body and find the right people who taught me the right way. And now like my, my body's connected strong and I teach this on a daily basis to my clients and I'm getting very powerful results with people who have claimed to have tried everything and they're finally able to get out of pain because I'm, I'm, I'm empowering them to take ownership of their, their health rather than saying like, I'm just going to fix your body by just massaging it. Mm. It, 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 it really, the, the interesting thing about this is, is uh, you, you think of children, like children don't have these issues, right? <laughs> children, children are moving freely. They're loving life. I, I, I guess it's just a, is, is, is over a period of time, these habits kind of set in. Grade and we one. Get stuck in so why I say grade one. Okay. Is so, in, you know, kindergarten, pre-K, kindergarten, what are you doing most of the time? You're probably playing. You're playing on the floor, right? Sure, sure. What do we now sentence children? We sentence children to death the moment we put them in a chair and say, you have attention deficit disorder unless you could sit down for eight hours. Right. It is completely unnatural to our biology as humans to sit and not move. Like. Right. It doesn't make sense. <laughs> right. And so, you know, I was actually, when I was in elementary school, I got special permission to be at the back of the classroom and stand up because my, you know, my biology wanted to move and it like all makes sense now. Right. But like, we, it's sitting by nature is not the death of the human. Sitting in chairs is the death. Right. Because we are meant to sit on the floor. You know, I don't know when's the last time you sat on the floor here, but in a minute, I'll, I'll admit it's been a minute. Yeah, so and that's totally okay. But it's just like I invite you to think about it for a sec. Okay, let's just imagine there's a hundred people in a room, okay. and everyone's sitting on the floor. Sure. No one will be sitting in the exact same way if they're sitting on the floor, because what happens is okay. Let's say I'm sitting one way and my legs are one way, and then I get a signal like maybe a minute later saying I'm uncomfortable. And guess what happens? You move. That's but right. when you sit in your seven hundred dollar chair that's ergonomic and whatever, and so cushy and cozy, sure. or what happened, and you're sitting up straight, yep. you don't really get the signal to, to move your body. And so those eight hours of like, you know, the fidgeting and, and, and movement that we have is normal. It's not you being anxious or whatever. It's, it's normal to move the body. And so, yeah. Um, yeah, like it's just by nature. And then we, you know, and then we start telling kids how to be instead of like, Hello, you just let someone be and right. they will operate properly. You know, again, like we all used to be able to go hunting and chase down animals and whatever right. it might be. And then, you know, now we go to the gym after like 16 hours of sitting and like, like, you know, keep our core tight the whole time while we're training instead of understanding that also like fluidity should take place in our body. Yeah. So the way that I train is also very different. I don't keep my core tight. I allow my body to move. And so there's a lot of different disciplines. I go crawling when I do my workouts. I do lots of fun things that explore rotation and explore the side bending capabilities of the body rather than core tight, squeeze your glutes, squeeze your core and right. don't move while you, you, while you train. Cause that's kind of what we've done is we've just like, um, you know, what's the word, I guess, um, you know, you've broken th things down to parts, I guess, um, whatever, I guess that's the idea. Like we isolate things in nature and we're just yeah. like, so, um, we're not looking at the whole picture mm. essentially that.
Yeah, no, I know. I think I think it's I think it's really really informative and 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 uh, insightful. So thank you for that. So so I know we talked a little bit about things we can do to correct these issues, and um, as you so aptly put it, you know, physio isn't the answer, right? It's not the answer. It's what helps you get there. Uh, primarily, is it really us uh, on us and the way we move is 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 how we fix ourselves? Yes. Well, I mean, I'm not like. Physio can be the avenue as long as the physio you go to is not just telling you that like what you should not do. Like, like my job is to help people explore their bodies and give them permission to explore their bodies. Obviously, like I understand mechanics and I want to like if something hurts while someone's with me, I have to adjust their position. But no, physio can be the answer. But physio that's directed at optimizing your movement is the answer rather mm -hmm. than what i'm saying is this like this passive approach yeah sure massage feels great go for a massage but if you need to get your weekly massage and the, the pain keeps coming back well there's a reason why the pain keeps coming back and we need to understand that pain is a call for help it's not a thing that needs to be killed with painkillers right it's mm -hmm. it's an adaptive evolutionary signal that something is going wrong and it's like, all right, well, I have knee pain. Well, maybe my muscles aren't loading well around my knee, around my hip, around my foot. Again, it's not just at the knee. The site of pain does not equal the site of problem. We have to look and understand globally what's happening in the body. Gotcha. Um, but yes, it's certainly the key thing is people moving in better ways that get more of their body to show up yeah. so that everything is working together. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, it definitely make, makes a lot of sense. Um, uh, clearly, this is something that you're passionate about. Uh, you had your own sort of injuries to sort of contend with, and that so what got you to the place you're at now? Yeah, so I, I sprained my ankle playing flag football. Okay. And I, it was an innocent ankle sprain that, like, I had sprained, like, you know, I, I had a lot of injuries throughout my childhood. I was breaking bones left, right, and center. I was always that a bit of a wild kid. But this injury was a lot worse because instead of it just being like, all right, six weeks later, eight weeks later of a broken bone, I'm back to whatever. It was like, why aren't you going away? Why aren't you going away? And I was at, I was 19, you know, I'm 29 now, 10 years ago, I had like a bad ankle injury and it just never healed properly. And for two years, two and a half years, I was just like, I'd stand barefoot for 10 seconds. I'd be in pain. And I was exploring physiotherapy. I was exploring orthopedic shoes, orthotics. Yeah. Eventually I ended up getting ankle surgery. Um, but that was only really the start of my problems because I ended up developing hip pain and back pain after the surgery. Mm. And so now I'm completely broken. Everything hurts. Anytime I try to do anything physical, like I'm paying the price for it. And I felt like pretty broken unbalanced. And I was like, what am I going to do about this? And I took a deep dive and I was like, all right, I need to start looking at the fringes because what I'm currently doing, you know, this mainstream way of going about things is not working. And so, right. I fortunately found a lot of smart mentors and kept a, it was all selfish pursuit. Like, how can I heal myself? Like now I've accumulated all this knowledge and I'm, I'm, I'm like, you know, super excited to share it with other people yeah. because I found that, you know, the secret sauce type of thing, but I've been, uh, you know, I, I learned about the foot. I learned about how the foot connects to the rest of the body. And now I'm at a point where, you know, I, I do very cool things with my body um, slack lining barefoot. Uh, I, I do something called rope flow, which is this this idea of like using a rope to create these figure eight patterns that help my spine move like a belly dancer kind of. So there's a lot mm -hmm. of fun modalities that I've explored over time to find like the most effective tools that unlock the body. And I share those with my clients. I share them with people online. 
Um, but yeah, that's how I got into it. it was out of necessity more than anything. Yep. Yeah, and that oftentimes, what's the expression? Necessity is the mother of invention. Yeah. Well, there yeah, you go, sure. and that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, no, Greg, this has certainly certainly been in, in, informative and, and insightful. I do appreciate uh, the, the the what you've left for, with us. Uh, I guess for me, you know, the, the takeaway just around the connection uh, to you know the pain that we have in our feet and how that can connect to the rest of our bodies if we're not dealing with it properly. Because really, what that says, whether we're we're talking about our physical feet or problems in our life it's very similar like if yeah. you don't deal with the root issue yes. it can become bigger and cause areas in other aspects of 100%. your life yeah 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 for our listeners who wanted to learn more about you or connect with you or uh or maybe need your your services where, where, where can we send them yeah absolutely so one of the things that i i've just noticed because i you know i'm tired of hearing people come to me and say it's not i wouldn't say it's tired but it's like this sad feeling i have inside that Unfortunately, the quality of care that needs to be like the standard is not there. And so what I've done is I've packaged together all the same exercises that I'm showing to my clients on a day-to-day -day basis in my clinic that has helped people solve years and years of chronic pain when they've claimed to have tried everything. I've put together an online program right. where people could go and do it. The whole idea is it's in the comfort of your own home. You don't have to go to a gym or anything like that. And it's these basic exercises that teach you how to stack teach you how to bend, teach you how to move your body in three dimensions to start mm. lighting up these dormant muscle patterns and get you, you know, your whole body showing up more for you. Um, so that could be like everything, my whole uh, world, just like either through Instagram or Facebook is ground yep. up physio. So ground yep. up is yep. P H Y S I O. And they could, you know, go to the links in my bio and find all that there. The whole the name of the programs rebuild your body from the ground up. Love so it. Uh, that's where I would suggest people reach out. And I also do one-on-one -on -one consultations with people online. Today, okay. I had clients from Vienna. And after one session, he said, you know, he's been dealing with two and a half years of back pain. And he says, I already have days where I have no more back pain within one session of us working together. So these exercises are powerful. Like, you know, I was coaching him online, but mm -hmm. it's the same thing in my program where I just, you know, I, I walk you through the the exercises you know, I make sure that there's a whole community so people could ask questions. And the whole idea is like, you are the only one that is going to take care of yourself. You know, your doctor can't take care of you. Yes, Pills yes. will not solve the problem. Pills mask the problem. Yes. And while it can help temporarily, it's like you really need to get up to the root cause. And that's what I'm passionate about doing is, is getting people to have these light bulb moments where, oh, I, I could do something. And you're, you're going to feel that these exercises are going to, challenge your body in new ways um right. not just about building strength but building connected strength like we talked about you know mm. from the ground up mm. connected strength. yeah you're right i love that i love that that's awesome uh greg again thank you thank you for doing this and thank you for the insights again i you know i don't know how many of the things that we talked with regards are our shoes and our posture i don't know how many of these are, are you know public enough for people or common knowledge if you will I would, yeah, and yeah. so um i think you've done a lot in, in helping that regard uh we'll certainly encourage our listeners to, to, to connect with you if you've got any more questions or want to learn more at your work but i appreciate you taking the time and thank you for doing this of course of course my pleasure thanks for having
Back we are here on the podcast, and much thanks and appreciation goes out to Greg uh, for sharing uh, his valuable insights and expertise uh, during our conversation. Uh, Greg, your, your, your passion for helping people understand the importance of proper foot care and movement uh, is truly, truly inspiring. I appreciate you taking the time to be, for, to be here on the podcast uh, and sharing your knowledge and insights with our audience. Uh, if there are listeners are interested in connecting with you or uh, want to learn more about Greg and the work that he does, certainly the details can be found in our show notes and I encourage you to connect with him directly. You know, I really enjoyed the chat I had with Greg, but if there's just one thing I take from the conversation, it have to be this. Pain in its many forms is inevitable part of the human experience. Whether physical or emotional, it can be a powerful force that shapes our lives and influences our decisions. While it's natural to seek relief from pain through various means, it's equally important to recognize the value of understanding its root cause. By delving into the origins of our pain, we can gain valuable insights that not only help us address the immediate symptoms, but also work towards long-term healing and growth. Identifying the root cause of our pain requires a willingness to explore our experiences, emotions, and circumstances with honesty and vulnerability. This process often necessitates introspection and self-reflection, and it may also involve seeking the support of trusted friends, family members, or even professionals. By examining our pain from a holistic perspective, we can gain we can begin to unravel its complexities and gain a deeper understanding of, of the underlying factors. One of the most common sources of pain is unresolved emotional trauma. Past experiences of loss, rejection, or betrayal can manifest as persistent emotional pain, affecting our relationships, self-esteem, and overall well-being. Acknowledging and processing these emotions is a crucial step towards finding relief and healing. Whether through therapy, journaling, or engaging in meaningful conversations, confronting our emotional pain can lead to profound personal growth and resilience. Similarly, physical pain can often have roots that extend beyond the surface symptoms. Rather than merely treating the immediate discomfort, it's essential to consider the lifestyle factors, habits, and underlying health conditions that may be contributing to the pain. By addressing these underlying causes, such as poor posture, unhealthy diet, or untreated injuries, individuals can take proactive steps to manage and alleviate their physical discomfort in a more sustainable manner. In some cases, the root cause of our pain may be deeply embedded in our belief systems, and, and, and as well as our thought patterns. Negative self-talk, limiting beliefs, and distorted perceptions of ourselves and the world can perpetuate emotional distress and hinder our ability to experience joy and fulfillment. Engaging in practices such as mindfulness, cognitive behavioral therapy, and self-care can help individuals identify and challenge these destructive thought patterns, paving the way for profound emotional healing and personal transformation. In conclusion, as we navigate the complexities of pain, let us take time to remember the value of seeking its root cause. By doing so, we can embark on a journey of self-discovery, healing, and empowerment, ultimately forging a path towards a more authentic and fulfilling existence.
Embracing our pain and seeking its origins not only enables us to find relief and restoration, but also empowers us to cultivate greater passion and understanding for ourselves and others. We've sadly come to the end of another episode of the most audacious podcast the internet has to offer. And as always, I send my thanks and appreciation to all those lovers of audaciousness for their tremendous ongoing support. Until next time, stay safe, be kind, show love to one another, and be audacious. You've been listening to the Audacious Living Podcast, hosted by Audley Stevenson. If you enjoyed what you heard, be sure to like, subscribe, and share. Until next time, be audacious.